building, back on the map. L E F K O E and Westbrook in a sec. What? No. Oh, what's I don't going know. on? Yeah. My my headphones cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to be honest, Westbrook and I were talking about uh, the Eagles fiascos because what happens is when you drop to three and four and get shellacked on national television. Mm-hmm. And there's a brewing controversy about who is complaining uh, publicly or hiding behind. Who's the snitch? Who's the snitch? Who's the guy telling all the inside information in the locker room? Who was that guy? Man. All right. We're going to get to that in a second. Uh, I promise we won't spend the whole podcast on that. We have Shark Tank. uh, Excuse me. Dolphin Tank. Dolphin Tank. Uh, We have a new game called Jinx Game. And I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, We will talk about some of the disappointing games, the crazy weeks, as you can see behind Westbrook uh, was one of the most incredible visual visual things I've ah, seen was that, that. Well, this side. that Niners-Washington game. It was just slip and slides. How did that over. field get that wet? I mean, I've never been on a field that wet. That field had standing water. I mean, that's usually the fields have drainage. You know, they cover the field. It, not, this is the same field that fell apart, and we saw RG3 get really hurt. Uh, they call it like a sand pit. And, like, I guess that Washington field must be, like, the worst drainaged field in the NFL. Daniel Snyder has a bunch of money. He should have put some money towards fixing that field because that's that can't be safe. But I loved it. I mean, it looked really, really cool. I hated it because I took San Fran. Same. Yeah. I hated that, too. Hurry, hated it. San Francisco could have won that game by 40. They should have. Yeah. But, I mean, the rain and, you Ugh. know. Um, and the one thing I want to note, just a little some upcoming schedules. This Wednesday, there will only be two podcasts this week. We will not have a roundtable podcast. Uh, one, Brian has some family stuff. And then also, I am flying uh, and I'm getting ready to go to London. Wow. Yeah. It's a good trip, man. So we're going to go to London. It's going to be me and the stick to football guys. Okay. uh, Connor Rogers and Matt Miller. Uh, We're going to be on Sunday at O'Neill's on Carnaby Street in London. Uh, Just check out Lefko Show Instagram or Twitter. And I I smoked a daddy cigar and then made a Photoshop of myself in London. And people were like, there's no legs. Who did this edit? I'm like, it was me. Shut the fuck up. But uh, at four o'clock, we're going to kind of do a joint podcast and then I'm gonna. We're gonna try and bring some some American football habits to London. Okay. Apparently, they don't sit in bars and watch football on Sunday. What do they do? They just don't do it. So they don't watch football at all. They do. It might be in their own home, but like uh-huh. they'll do this more for world football, uh-huh. like Chelsea versus Manchester mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, let's keep it rolling. Apparently, there's a big match on Sunday. Let's. Hang out, drink some tequila Just or whatever going. it is Let that it you flow. guys drink there. Eat some shitty food. Yeah. I, d- I shouldn't insult them before chips I go. Fry. What do they eat there? Chips and fish and chips. Fish and chips. There it oh, is. Oh, crikey. No, I almost said crikey. Yeah, that's But that's come and kick it. Uh, O'Neill's uh, on <laughs> Carnaby Street. And then I think we're going to release the Sharp, the Warren Sharp podcast on Thursday this week. So it won't come out on Friday. It might come on Thursday. But that's coming up. So Sunday, O'Neill's and Carnaby Street. It should be great. I hope that's how you say that. Is Warren Sharp the smartest guy you know? I mean, especially football, around, around the game. I mean, he says some things you're like, no. And then you look at the stats, you're like, oh, okay. At the same I point, like when he was so sure that it was going to be the over for 49 Seahawks Ravens, yeah. and it was, and then the Seahawks kicked that fucking field goal. Uh-huh, Dude, I uh-huh. had some really bad betting experiences on Sunday. It was a bad weekend for you. It was a bad weekend for me, too. So I had Bears over tw- under 20 and a half, uh-huh. and they had 10 points until like four. It was. Then it turned it up a little bit. Oh, 
I mean, I'm just yelling. You know when like you you you're doing so poorly on betting that you stop yelling and you just quietly pack up your things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The game's over. Uh, I don't. My just, experience is over. I'm out. Mm, mm. I don't want to say anything else. I stressed eat so much. Oh, I. Well, your diet. You're in a diet. Yeah. Sundays are my worst day. So Sunday is your cheat day. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, I'm feeling great. Thursdays, I end up getting wings, but I don't get a lot of carbs. Uh, you're making a mistake. But then Sundays, I come here, and my bets go to shit, yeah. and I just start eating yogurt-covered pretzels, handfuls of yeah, goldfish, no and the occasional fruit snack. That's no good. I had a whole pack of gummy bears yesterday, and I don't, I'm don't. i not supposed Was to eat that. Was it the Eagles? Yeah. I just, I just swallowed them. Just put them all in my mouth and tried my yeah. best to chew them. You're and not just, even thinking about it. Just ate them. Yeah. I was so upset. You're just looking for happiness. Comfort food. That's that's what I do. Comfort food. Yeah, and these last few weeks, I think I went two and three in the Super Contest. Ooh. I lost San Francisco. I lost Seattle minus three. Me too. And I lost... Um, I think I had the I think I had. And the I lost Saints. the Giants. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah. Did I get my bets from you? No, but I did get Min- I did get Minnesota yes. and I did get Jacksonville. I had a terrible week. Terrible. All right, so let's let then let's get a little happy. Yeah. Doing our favorite segment, okay. which is Dolphin Tank. Dolphin Tank. Favorite. So you've bought some interesting things. Last week you bur- you bought Kirk Cousins and it looks great. Balling. Balling right now. Balling. You know. You know why? Because the Eagles pissed him off. They talked bad about him, and now he's just. Doing his thing. Yeah. Kirk Cousins in a dome against bad passing defense. That's right. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, all right. But let's get to the new Dolphin Tank pitches this week. Let's toss it over to our disembodied voice, David Engber. Welcome back to Dolphin Tank, where Lefko pitches venture capitalist Brian Westbrook on some of his new NFL investments. First up, Lefko's got a top 10 defense that you need to buy right now. That's right. It's now or never, Brian Westbrook. If you don't purchase it, we're going to move on to somewhere else. No team has scored more than 20 points against this defense all season. Mm. They're 10th against the pass, 12th against the run. They're top five in points allowed per game. They're top 10 in sacks. I have to get rid of them now. Are you interested in buying them? So they're top 10 sacks. Top 10 in sacks. What does the offense look like? Their offense is average. average to below average, but I'm only selling you the defense. You're not buying the offense. And you're getting rid of but them. But I would say the offense had a little bit more excitement this week. Because they scored some more points. They just looked better. They looked better. But, it, but did they win this about, weekend? Think about this. Think about this. They did win this weekend. But think about this. this okay. uh, their offense has not played well, but the defense has still never allowed anyone to score over 20 points in the game. So think about it. This isn't some team that's just... Yeah, I, I'll, I will. I'll buy that. Thank God I had to get him out of here. Do you want to guess at who it is? Um, the Broncos? Mm, it is the Titans. The Titans. How about that? Nasty defense. They do have a very nasty defense. Titans, top 10 in sacks, mm-hmm. top five in points allowed. Yep, yep, yep. I went back. They have not allowed over 20 points in any game this year. Really? Which is pretty wild. And what's their record? Three and like four? The Texans. I think they are. The Titans right now are uh, t- three and four, yes. Yeah. So they go and they play the Chargers yesterday. And it was an Tannehill looked okay yesterday. And that's why I say it's a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Tannehill is a defensive coordinator's dream. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna go like twenty four or twenty nine. But the problem with Tannehill is he also fumbles a lot when he gets sacked. Very inconsistent. And just like kind of leaves the ball up. I thought what was really cool was that their first round pick that had an ACL tear that was during the during the the combine all that Justin Simmons mm-hmm. played and had a sack, had a few tackles for losses. It was very impressive, but. I came. Everyone comes away this game leaving talking about how the Chargers blew it and how the Chargers are so disappointing. Right. And I look at the Titans and I go, I still don't know if this team is good or not. I don't think they're good. No, they're not good. I mean, and you got to also think about that division. You got the the Texans in there, which I told you they were going to lose to the, the Colts, and they did. The did Colts who've been playing. I, I didn't tell you that. I picked him. Pretty Colts. pretty sure I picked the Colts. Anyway. We, we we were picking teams. We were talking about the best team yep. in the division. Yeah, and I picked the Colts. I picked the Colts. You picked the Texans. I did not. That was absolutely sure. You picked the Texans. We'll, we'll no, bring I was it up. devil's advocate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you picked the Texans anyway. Um, in that division, it's going to be just hard to compete. I mean, yeah. you got some teams that are really, really good. The Colts do a great job of protecting the quarterback. I love that. But offensively... The Texans, I mean, the Titans just aren't going to be good enough. No. They love to run the football. No consistency at the quarterback position. If you don't have that in this league and your defense, I mean, if let's just say you have no consistency at the quarterback position. That means your defense has to get you the ball back and score. They can't do that consistently over game after game after game. I'm really happy that I was able to sell the Titans. Um, I mean, if you think about it, but like this is a team that went to Atlanta when Atlanta was firing and held them to 10. But they've also played the last few weeks, the Bills and the Broncos. But I'm glad I got rid of them. They still have the Chiefs coming up. They Mm -hmm. still haven't played the Texans. So I think you bought a property that might lose value. But that's my my job here. It stinks. Okay. You didn't give me any information on the offense. That's the most important part. Defense is good. Yeah. Yeah. But all right, let's get to the second part of Dolphin Tank. Next into the tank, left goes hoping Westbrook will buy in on the best pass rusher that nobody's talking about. That's right. Not his friends, not his high school coach, not the local newspaper from the town he grew up in, and not even his family. Not one person is talking about this guy. So who is it? Hmm. This is a guy... As you cheat and look up statistics. No cheating. No okay. cheating. I, I got I to gotta look at the teams. I have them all in my head. I'm with you. Go ahead. This guy is well on his way to his fifth double-digit sack season in a row. Fifth. Okay. He's top five in the NFL in sacks right now. Okay. He has no help on this D-line. Not a single defensive end on his team has more than a sack. And this guy is in top five right now, and no one's talking about him. Would you buy this pass rusher that no one's talking about? Would I buy a pass rusher that is top five? I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, if, if, if that's just the premise, would I buy a top five well, pass I, rusher? Well, Absolutely. That and, and I think the thing is, is that um, he is, this is not, I'm not trying to sell you low here. I'm trying to educate people that this motherfucker is balling. Yeah, well, listen, if you have it, this is the thing. Stopping the quarterback yep. is the number one thing in football. Yes. In order to do that, you have to have a cornerback. That's why Jalen Ramsey's about to get be be paid out there sure. in LA. But and but, pass rusher. But there are but there are every year there are some pass rushers that have one big game and it inflates That's it. Right. But the reason that I have I have so much love for this guy is he's down at five seasons in a row. He's consistent. Do you want to okay. guess at who it is? Um You might get this one. Five seasons. So he's still a young kid, right? Still young? 
I would say upper 20s. I'll double. I, I like, is it Hunter from the Vikings? No, but I love Daniil Hunter. He, he was really, really good. All right, so the answer is Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones has been balling so out quietly because nobody watches the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. <laughs> That's right. Last three games, he's had a half a sack or more in every game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Four sacks on Sunday wow. on Daniel Jones. Well, that, that's that's okay. And forced more forced fumbles. But what I'm saying though is, is um, we've we've seen this with other guys. Like we talk about Shaquille Barrett. Mm-hmm. Shaquille really hasn't had a sack these last few weeks. Nope. But Chandler Jones has been a model of consistency ever since he came uh, from New England. I think in the 55 games he's played in Arizona, he's had mm-hmm. 49 and a half sacks. He does it every year. He has no help on this defensive line. He's opposite of Suggs. Over and the there. Cardinals right now are three, three, and one. And I think it's been a mix of Kyler Murray, who's been phenomenal. This running game, whether it's been Edmonds, Kyler, who's run more Edmonds the last few games, off. and David Johnson, who mm-hmm. came out and then Edmonds was still able to do it. This is not a great offensive line. Nope. But I look at they just get Patrick Peterson back. That's huge. That's huge for huge for, for this pass for game. Chandler huge. Jones. But I look at Chandler and I go, he's always been a guy when he has a matchup that he can win, he, he wins dominates. Yeah. And I, I love the Cardinals right now. I think they're super fun to watch. I think they are fun to watch. I think their quarterback is a big part of that. But when you get Patrick Peterson back, you add a depth there, that makes your quarterback hold the ball a little bit longer. Oh. It makes you second guess if you want to throw that interception or take the sack. That, that kind of bodes well for Chandler Jones. But I think the exciting part about this offense is that you got a couple guys in the backfield that can get it done. Johnson and Edmonds. Edmonds, he just looks faster yes. than everybody else. He looks so much quicker, so much faster. And and they also, he, by the way, did you know he went to Fordham? No, it's it's like I don't know if there's like a secret society of Fordham, but like whenever someone goes to Fordham, everyone's like, by the way, did you know he went to Fordham? It's yeah. like this weird New York thing. Well, yeah, because nobody expects good football players to come from Fordham. Yeah. Nobody expects that, but it, I think there is. I just feel like we don't talk about the fact that Tariq Cohen went to like North Carolina A&T. The small I just feel school. like every time I hear Fordham. Chase Edmond, it's Fordham. And I don't want to play the game. Siciliano yeah. did like a million times yesterday. Really? Yeah. The Fordham game. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Fordham grads are interesting. They're, inter- they're really, really smart people. Dennis, though. I think, went to Fordham from De- Gridiron Heights. Dennis seems like a really cool guy. I don't even know if that's true. I may have made that up. I think he said Fordham. No. Pretty sure he said Fordham. He didn't? Yeah. It's true. Nailed it. Yeah, see? There you are. He but, seems like a Fordham guy, though. So here's one thing I like about Arizona's offense, since we're talking about Chase Emmons, who went to Fordham, on uh, the rest of the team. <laughs> so the first four weeks of the year, the Cardinals ran four wide receivers 64.2% of the time. Mm-hmm. This was the offense that Cliff Kingsbury was going to bring in. And then what I think is amazing is the last three weeks – They've had four wide receivers in the field 16% of the time. Mm-hmm. So it dropped 48%. And for me, that gets me excited because, as I've said before, even as great as Lamar Jackson has been, I still think Kyler is the one of all these young guys that might have the highest. Do you? I real I still stand by it. It's it's his mobility, it's his touch on deep balls. I think Kyler is the next Russell Wilson. I said it last week, I'll say it again. He may be more exciting than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is that old reliable Russ we talked about, just basic and plain. I don't know. Kyler's been so exciting. No, he he has been yeah. exciting because he saves the game with his arm. But Kyler is if you just I get him a little special. bit of space. I mean, this kid is so fast. 
in a small package. He he makes plays that you don't think that he'll be able to make. And the arm, yes. the arm talent is there. But what excites me is, is like we see a lot of young coaches that come into the league and they want to do it their way. Mm-hmm. But what you don't realize about the NFL is, is you need to adjust every single week. That's right. And so the fact that Cliff has been able to adjust and Arizona over the last three weeks has been one of the best running teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they're really not doing it with a ton of offensive line talent or any wide receiver talent is a testament to what that relationship could be. The other side, though, I was very disappointed in Daniel Jones. This is an Arizona defense that has been destroyed by tight ends this year, has allowed a lot of big games, and Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball for way too long, especially when your offensive line's getting destroyed. Scared to throw. I mean, scared to throw the ball. I think Patrick Peterson played a big part of that. I, you know, I think Saquon had a good game. I, I'm starting to wonder if Pat Shermer is the right guy Listen, to lead this quarterback. He called in a in a – we need to go down the field and score to tie or win this game. There was a third and 15 yeah. where Patrick Shermer called a draw play. Yeah. And then it was like fourth and 16, and then they threw for it. So I know that he was trying to get, but like, don't be fucking cute. You don't have to be cute. Stop. No. And, and you, you get Evan Egram back. You get Saquon Excuse back. Excuse me, it was third and 18, and he called a draw play. You have the opportunity to feed your horses, allow you guys to eat a little bit. And you know what? I, I still don't think Saquon is all the way back. I saw him g- become a little gimpy there. Oh yeah, that I, I was just, scary I just, a little bit. I just wonder if Pat is a guy to lead and mold a young quarterback. I think you put a quarterbacks, you put coaches in place before the talent that they have right now, and you hope that they can mold younger talent. Because, of course, you're going to have that younger talent coming in at some point. I'm not sure that he's the right guy to lead this football team going into the future. Yeah, I don't know. I still, the jury's still out. I just think that it's, I don't want to blame it on Pat because I know that if it was, if he had the choice, Daniel Jones would have a few more games of experience yeah, right now. Yeah, of course now, he would. And he'd be at a different stage. I think that Pat has kind of earned the right with all the Gettleman nonsense and the ownership uh, meddling that I'm judging Pat Sherman on how Daniel Jones looks at the end of the year. I want to see development. I want to see him build the offense around him. Have, have you seen development? Because I was more upset yesterday with the Giants' run defense and how awful that was just because the, the Cardinals could do whatever they wanted. The Giants' defense has been bad for, for a yeah. long time. Yeah, but Shermer's an offensive guy. Yeah. Like, I get on Dan Quinn because I go, oh, bro, you're your the defense, def- and your, your defense, defense looks like shit. Right. You have no you have no leg to stand on. Where with Shermer, I'm like, hey, James Betcher, can we fix this defense really quick? So Bunch of holes in that defense. But the fact that Arizona right now is 3-3-1. Three, three and one, Are you surprised, though? No, that it's exciting to me because I thought they were going to be a lot I'll worse. I'll say this. I mean, we, we have to give everything context. Of course. Winning deserves yeah, context. It's the, the Giants, Cowboys, it's the Falcons. Yeah, you're talking about the Bengals, the Falcons, and the Giants. I mean, three Look, bad teams, three awful teams. At the same point, the Bengals are 0-7, yes. and they've lost the games to like Arizona mm-hmm. and like other shittier teams. They're too. really bad. I mean, they're really bad. And, and so my thing is, is that's – the difference in this league is the teams that go 12 and 4 win like the Niners won mm-hmm. where or the Bills won yesterday yep. where you played like crap and you somehow win the game. Finally. Those are the teams that win more than 10 games. The teams that go in the first pick in the draft are the teams that when you play the other shittier teams, you fucking suck. Yep. Like the Bengals are one of the worst teams in the NFL in turnover margin. Washington like consistently just gives games away. They like fumbling. Those are the teams that end up in the bottom. Everywhere else is mediocrityville. 
And to me, that's the worst because I'd rather be really shitty and get a top five pick or amazing and go in the playoffs. But no one wants to be in that middle. And the middle is where you get the Titans. You know what I mean? The middle right now is where you're going to get the Chargers. Like that's where the Chargers will end up in the middle. But for a team like the Cardinals, who I thought were going to be a bottom five, if they end up in the middle, I'm proud of that season because they're a building team. That's not a team that I thought would do anything this year. Well, no, you're right. They are if building. If the Bears end up in the middle, it's disappointing. Yes. If the Rams end up in the middle, it's disappointing. Expectations. That, that, that's expectations saying, hey, yes. you should be here and you feel you, you ended up here and you're not good enough. But if that, the that's Raiders end up in the middle, I'm happy for them. Of course, because no one expected them to do well. Now, the Falcons ending up in that bottom group. It's going to get their coach fired is what's going to happen. And I'm surprised he hasn't got fired already. Right. So I think there are some teams where we kind of have certain expectations. And um, I just don't want to forget what we thought these teams could do in the beginning of the year as our metric. What about the Texans? If the Texans don't win their division, in a division where Andrew Luck is gone now, that's a disappointment. Well, to me, it's a disappointment. I think that the the division, if if you're a Texans fan, right, and I told you before the year, Nick Foles is going to be out for an uh-huh. extended period of uh-huh. time. Andrew Luck is going to surprisingly retire before the season, and the Tennessee Titans are going to bench Marcus Mariota in yeah. Week Seven. Yeah, and you get yourself a left tackle that you've been begging and you, for, and you get a left tackle in Dwayne Brown and I, Kenny Stills. But this is the thing: is until the Texans realize that Bill O'Brien He's the problem. is not the coach going forward, mm-hmm. this is what they're always going to get. Um, but th- to me, I don't want to blame the Texans. I think more it's to look at the Indianapolis Colts and to celebrate the culture that they've built. This is a team that did not want Frank Reich as their head coach. Yep. They tried to get Josh McDaniels. They got strung along. <laughs> they get their backup. Chris Ballard figures it out. This is a team that had the most money to spend in all of free agency Mm -hmm. and barely spent anything. Their starting quarterback surprisingly retires weeks before the season starts. And this is an Indianapolis Colts team that currently is sitting at the four seed in the playoffs is four and two and just won a monster game over the Houston Texans to get a leadership in the, in the division. We, we it's always, incredible. We always talk about it. Win in the trenches. And they lost Darius Leonard for a few weeks. Oh, yeah, he and came back. And T.Y. Hilton's been hurt for a few Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. They win in the trenches, but Jacoby Brissett has been really good because he's had a bunch of time to throw the football. They do a great job of scheming up and saying, hey, we're going to block with the most people we can. If it's seven people, eight people, we're running a two-man route. We have no problem with that. We're going to allow you time to throw the football down the field. And Brissett has been accurate. He's been accurate. He's taking care of the football. He's making big plays down the field. This is all that you can ask from this young man, especially with a defense that's being stingy. You got a little bit of a run game with Marlon Mack. They're getting the ball back to you offensively. This is a great setup for for Brissett. I was at an Eagles watch party on Sunday night. Oh, man. And someone, we're not going to transition to this. It's to make a point about the Colts. And they said, I don't understand what's wrong with the offense. It's still Doug. And I would say if you looked back at the Eagles Super Bowl run and that offense, what team in the NFL is the closest to running that offense? And I'd say it's the offensive coordinator of that Eagles team, Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. When I watch the Colts offense, I see what Carson Wentz was running two years ago with Ebron and Doyle and Mack and Naheem Hines and getting different running backs involved and occasional deep shots to wide receivers. Mm -hmm. 
Frank Reich is running that offense. Frank Reich was also running that offense with the Chargers when Phillip Rivers was putting up points. Yes. So if you were to ask me now, and I, I love Doug Peterson, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Don't say it. If the Eagles could have Frank Reich or Doug Peterson as their head coach, I would take Frank Reich. Of course. And Doug made some decisions and has the analytic prowess, but I don't think Frank Reich doesn't have that if he were the head coach during that run. I think that I look at the Eagles right now, and in that meeting room for the offense is Doug Peterson, Mike Grow, and Deuce Staley. Mm -hmm. And it used to be... Mike, uh, those guys too, but also Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and um, the dude that is uh, it, that was in, in Jacksonville right now. Fuck you, motherfucker. Think about it. He was that. at Minnesota. Not, not Stefanski because he's still in Minnesota, but uh, I know you're talking about. The, the, the hard part for— John DiFilippo. DiFilippo, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think Frank Reich is— Frank Reich, I think, looking back now, was the guy that made that run happen, but and he's doing it in Indy. He does a great job of—he gets no credit for scheme because you're talking about all the young guys, but he does a great job of just putting this offense— they, Listen, I, I like I like T.Y. Hilton. I like Ebron. But when you come into the talk about the top five receivers and tight ends in the league, eh, you probably don't mention those guys. But they game plan. They scheme better than anyone else. And that's exactly what he did for the Eagles. He game plan and he schemed better. And right now, what do you do? You protect your quarterback with the run game. You protect them with max protection with the best offensive line in football, yep. period. And you say, we're going to have some time. Just go back there. Make an easy throw. Make the throw. We're going to play one-on-one with our receivers. Go let, allow them to win mm. and make an easy throw. That's what we're that has done four four touchdowns, zero interceptions yesterday. I, I will say though, though I know I was a little hard on uh, Houston. I know Will Feller has a hamstring injury and he's yeah, he got out hurt. for a few weeks. Yeah. But I, the thing I will say about the Texans is they are a team that I think could end up still fighting in the playoffs uh, for the AFC because the AFC right now is really weak. Right now, if the season was to end today, which obviously it doesn't, they would be the sixth seed. Uh, they're the they're the only there are only six teams in the AFC that have four wins or better, mm-hmm. and there's eight in the NFC. Um, but I look at Houston, and there was a point in that game where they were down 28-13 to 13 with 6.38 left in the fourth quarter, and they came back and were within, I think, five, and were driving, and it was a late interception that ended it. They also had a touchdown taken away earlier in the game where yep. Deshaun Watson was scrambling, and they called him down, and he definitely wasn't down. Uh, they had a few very untimely turnovers. Houston's offense is good if Will Fuller comes back, is going to keep them in any game. And they're, in my mind, one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. But I value consistency. And the Texans don't have that. And whenever I see a team that's not consistent, I usually look at their coach. And Bill O'Brien fits that mold for me. When you talk about coaches, you talk about penalties. Ten penalties. That's a lot of doggone yards you're giving up right there as far as penalties. These quarterbacks still getting sacked. Your quarterback's throwing interceptions, two interceptions for Watson yesterday. These are all things that make you lose football games, especially against a team in the Colts that's not going to make a bunch of mistakes. They're just not. They're going to play solid offensively and aggressive defensively. They're not going to make a bunch of mistakes. The Texans have always made mistakes. They're always making bad plays, and that's why they continue to lose games like this, especially inside of their own division. All right, so we just went around the entire NFL. I just realized we have another Dolphin type. Do we? Let's do it. <laughs> L- I right. love Dolphin type. Back to the Dolphin. Did I buy that or no? I did buy it. Pass rush. You did, Chandler Jones. Yeah, I'll you're, take that. You're buying a lot today. I'll buy that. I'm rich. <laughs> 
And finally, Lefko believes in one particular NFC quarterback to lead his team on a deep playoff run. I don't mean to sound cheesy, but this guy's discount double checkdowns lead to his team driving down the field smoother than a Lambo. Lefko wants 12% of this take in exchange for a spot on the NASCAR circuit. That's right. You buy this. You get to be on NASCAR, Brian Westbrook. Okay. This quarterback, after a slow start offensively, his team's sitting beautifully at six wins. The last three weeks, he's put up just under 27 points per game with a 108.3 passer rating. Yesterday, this team won in a massacre, and he was missing some of his top weapons. Mm -hmm. Will you buy this quarterback to lead his team on a deep playoff run? So he's a good quarterback. The team is 6-0. No, I said they have six wins. Six wins. Okay. Um, Six and one, I would assume at that point. I didn't say that. I just said they have six wins. Okay, that's great to know. Um, 108.3 passer rating the last three weeks, and he won in a massacre yesterday without his top weapons. Yes, I'll buy that. Okay, who do you think it is? Aaron Rodgers. Mm, Wouldn't it be nice? You just brought Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, well, that's (laughs) even better. That's even better. I'll take that. I'll take Teddy. So, Absolutely. Teddy's going to be the richest quarterback next year, by the way. Man. So I'm glad. And, and man, David, you just, that was amazing. David, riding, that's called riding, false information. That's what that Lambo. is. False information. Yeah. Which so, is bad. So the whole time you were like, cheesy, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. This yes. is, this you is. got him, Ingber. Oh, so we had so many listeners that when I sold you Kirk Cousins last week, yeah. hit me up and they are like, I still can't believe I bought Kirk Cousins. So if all the people that are listening right now. That's right. You just bought Teddy and you thought it was Aaron Rodgers. We did it. We did. No, this is this is a good buy for it's us. It's not a good That's buy. That's two good buys for us I'm today. Just letting Chandler you know, Jones and Teddy. Two listen, good buys. You also bought uh, the Titans defense. So you're that you're, was one you're a little bad lighter buy. on the wall. That was one bad buy. But I look, Teddy's been great. Yeah. But anytime you think you're buying Aaron Rodgers and you buy Teddy, it's not a great purchase. It's a good one. No. And I'm proud of Teddy. No. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. No, he's not Aaron Rodgers. And there's not a lot of people in the NFL that are Aaron Rodgers. However, you have a quarterback for a team that I sat here and told you the Saints are done after Drew Brees' injury. And he's come in and played well. He's throwing the ball down the field. He looks more comfortable. He's getting the ball to Mike Thomas. They they didn't have Kamara yesterday. That's what I mean. They didn't have Kamara or Jared Cook. No. And they move the ball up and down the Bears no problem. One of the best defenses in the league. Well, why wouldn't you want to buy that? I don't know if that? they are one of the best defenses. Well, they were. The they were one I, of the I'm best. I'm just going to say the last two times the Bears have come out, they got pushed around by the Raiders okay. and they got pushed around by the Saints. And I will say two of the biggest offensive lines in the NFL mm-hmm. and the Bears are missing Akeem Hicks. That's and a big it, That's looking like it could be an issue. But the thing with the Saints that's great is I love when teams lose an important piece and the coach turns it up a notch. That's right. Sean Payton with that little handoff to the fullback flick to Taysom Hill was so nice. Um, I look at the Saints right now, and we said when he went down to the Rams, we looked at their calendar, and it was at the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. Cowboys, Bucks, at the Jaguars, at the Bears, and we and then Cardinals, and we said let's get to the bye. They'll go three and three, five and zero. Oh. My Super Bowl Saints are looking ah, that's right. more the and Super more Bowl legit pick. every fucking week. But you really believe that Teddy's earned himself a lot? Like I saw Peter King was huh? talking about today, he could see Denver making a play at the end Absolutely. of the year. Absolutely, Chicago potentially. Wait, let me ask you this: as a player, I don't want to talk about money and all that. 
But let's say you were on a team and you signed Teddy in the offseason. Right. This kind of a run, what would that do for you as maybe a future teammate in terms of confidence with him? I would have a lot of confidence in him. Because, again, the same way, this is the reason why Nick Foles got an opportunity in Jacksonville. He won, he won three or four games in a Super Bowl. That doesn't mean he's a great quarterback. They had a good defense. They had a lot of things happen for him. They played at home, and things worked out. And he got a big contract in Jacksonville. Teddy Bridgewater is better than Nick Foles. You have to believe that. Sure. He's going to get paid. That's why he was the number one, the highest paid backup in the NFL this year, because he has talent. When he was in Minnesota before the injury, he showed a lot of promise. I was not. No, I disagree. He had promise. Are you? Are you? T- are you kidding me? He had like he had a, a lot of promise. He had like a hundred and ten yards passing in that wild card. Loss. He was young. He was a young quarterback. This is this is what I mean. Young quarterback with promise. You He's going to improve and get you better. Know I said Ryan Tannehill is like a defensive coordinator's mm-hmm. dream. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater is like a defensive coordinator's wet dream. <laughs> he is so good at protecting the ball. The thing about That's Teddy, perfect. so I, this is what I love about Teddy, and I have been hard, and I, uh, I want to kind of take some of it back. I got to cover Teddy for three years at Louisville, right? And they, the rest of the team talked about Teddy like he was a magician, in terms of one of the most convincing leaders I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Where he wasn't a yelling guy, but people would be like. He never he gets hurt, but he never tells any of us. And when he, he when he goes to a party, it's like that old draft day thing. Like no one showed up to his birthday. Everyone shows up to Teddy's birthday. Right. Everybody likes him. I don't think Teddy's getting a big contract this offseason. He is because I believe that Teddy's going to be the future quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I said earlier this year that they should go to Taysom Hill, and that was a little misguided. And I think I was a little bit too excited by the preseason. And crazy because Taysom Hill has only thrown three passes. in the- I don't know how many more years Drew Brees has left mm-hmm. because I believe the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think Drew Brees is going to go out on top. Ooh. That's just kind of how I think. Okay. Let me go my prediction a little further. I think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl, and I think Drew Brees retires. Oh. Yes. Okay. Because I don't think Drew Brees is going to want to rehab any bit more of the hand or whatever. But I think if you're the Saints, and I go, we know we're going to have Kamara for a few more years. Mm-hmm. We know we're going to have Michael Thomas for a few more years. Our offensive line, Ryan Ramchick, very young. Yep. Andrus Pete, yep. very young. Yep. Teron Armstead's getting up there, but he's still pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. We look at our defense. The th- we can build this whole team with Teddy. Okay. And I think they can keep Teddy at a pretty good rate because Teddy – is also one of these quarterbacks that I think if you sit him down in a room and go, Teddy, if we pay you $18 million a year, so like well under franchise quarterback market value, we can get a lot of studs around you. We got Marshawn Lattimore, a stud corner. Yeah. And I think Teddy will take it. I really do. Because Teddy had his entire career flash in front of his eyes. When he was practicing with the, with the Vikings mm-hmm. and his bone came out of his leg, and there was a chance he could never walk again, let alone never play again. I see Teddy now as appreciative of the opportunity he's in. And I think Teddy also knows because he played for Mike Zimmer, who does not care about offense at all. Yeah. And then he went and he sat in the Jets organization for a year with Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they don't know what the fuck they're Defensive doing. Defensive guy, right. And then he went into Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And he saw the relationship that they have. And he also, Sean Payton is the top three offensive coordinator in the league right now. Okay. I think that there's a chance that Teddy goes, I'm not going to get better than this. And the Saints are going, shit, we can do it with Teddy. I think Teddy's staying. 
I think that sounds ridiculous. And, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Love I, it. Why, why would, why do we always talk about Dak? Take a hometown okay. discount. Yeah, go for it. Uh, go. Take a hometown discount. I never I said you, that. You'll never get better than what you have here. You have Zeke and you have all these different things. And things are going great for you. Kellen Moore is doing a great job. And, and Teddy. Well, it sounds like the black quarterback has to take a hometown discount so that they can stay where they're at. No, if you're Teddy, you've waited this long. I don't know how old he is, 30 years old? Or so now he go get paid. If the if the if the Saints aren't willing to pay you eighteen million dollars, I made let's up, say twenty. I made up a fake number. Okay, By let's, the way, let's say Teddy 20. Bridgewater is twenty six. Twenty six. That's even better. Sure. This, this even means more money for him. No, you pay the kid. You pay him the going rate. The same way with Dak. The going rate's going to be thirty four, thirty five million dollars. That's the going rate of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what you're going to have to pay the fact Teddy. That you just made me. Why a would shadow? Why would quarterback has 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 a uh, has, has Drew Brees taken less? No. That's why the team was average for all those years. He didn't take less. Why Why? why do he, Teddy have to take less? And everybody else takes more. If, takes, go, gets, go gets paid because you, he wants to stay with uh, uh, Sean Payton. If you were, were going to rank all the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, where would you put Teddy? I probably He, he would be in the top half. Okay. He'd be in the top half easily. So I was on uh, Mina Kimes' podcast. I had to rank them all. And I have Teddy at 21st. Really? Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll read you mine. Yeah. I have Phillip Rivers at 20th. I have Jimmy Garoppolo at 19th. Mm. Ahead of. What have you seen from Jimmy G? Nothing. Okay. You haven't well, seen anything from him all season? I have a, also above Teddy. I have Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. I have Kirk Cousins. What I have, have you seen from Baker? I have Dak. Where are you getting this from? Where have you seen from these guys? Listen. You haven't seen anything from Baker? If you want to exist in a world where we give quarterback wins as a meaningful statistic, as though Teddy Bridgewater, like the Saints. That's the the most important statistic. Really? Because I believe that the Wins, absolutely. I believe that the the Saints were able to shut down the Bears without putting a single eight-man box on the field, and that since week three, the Saints defense ranks third in win probability added behind only the Patriots and the Niners. They shut down the Bears. They held the Jaguars to six points. They... uh, Teddy played great against the Bucs. They held the Cowboys to 10. If you believe that the only reason the Saints are winning is because of Teddy Bridgewater, then you're, you should be his agent. Because what I'm telling you is the Saints' defense has put Teddy Bridgewater in a position to win games. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater, in my mind, is not more talented than Baker. He is not more talented. He is a very smart football player that has talent. Well, I think he's. I think he could be a really good quarterback in this league, but he is not in Dak's level. Like Dak is a thirty-five million dollar a year guy. Teddy Bridgewater is not because and he hasn't okay. played enough. He's been hurt. He's been a backup. He's been a backup in Minnesota because of the injury. A backup at the Jets. He's been a backup the last couple. So he of was years the starter and, with the Vikings. Yeah. Then he got hurt, right? Yes. And then he was a backup yes. in, in, the, in New York, right? Yes. And then he's been so a backup you, with so the Saints. If you were a GM. How much if and Teddy came to you and said, "I want to be in the top quarterbacks pay in the year," and you're the Denver Broncos. Well, how much would you pay him? You you have to pay the going rate. I mean, you, so you, you would. You can't pay a kid twenty not, million dollars. No, look, look. You can't I want it. Teddy to get paid. He, he should. We, I am an advocate for players first and foremost. But, 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 before, but if but, I'm but, a franchise, before you even go there, how, how do you take away the intangibles of a quarterback and say that they're meaningless? Those not are important that. things. The, the, all that. the things that we're talking about, Baker in particular, leading the team and and not worrying about the media. All these important things sure. that Teddy does very what, well. What do you think the Browns? Those things rec- are valuable. What would the Browns' record be with Teddy instead of Baker? You think it would be that much better? 
I think if the way that that uh, Baker's throwing interceptions, absolutely, because they would I would be better. say, I, then who's more who's more valuable? Sh- who's better, Sean Payton or Freddie Kitchens? Sean Payton more valuable by a lot, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Who's who's better? How is the is the gap between Sean Payton and Freddie Kitchen bigger or smaller than the gap between Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield? Th- that to me feels like negligible. Like it's it, it's not even that big of a deal. Right, right, right. But I'm and, telling until you that Baker Teddy is Bridgewater, talking in the in, in, in the media, until Baker is saying all these crazy things in the media and not playing well in the game. Until Teddy goes out there and does it the right way. All those people at the party, all those people following him because he's a good leader. Sure. Then he goes out there and plays well. This is the guy that you want to invest in. This is the type of guy that you want to invest in. Sure. If you want to invest in somebody that does all the talking, that can't back it up in the game, then you go ahead and do that. Yeah. And then you'll see your team two and four. But this guy right here, Teddy, he's one. That's why you invest in this type of guy. I understand what you're saying. I just, and, think, and, and, that, but, but I just listen, think the reason the Saints their team are six is better. One the coach is, is because better. Because of Sean Payton. Maybe. Maybe. Well, how do you draw the line between Sean Payton and Drew Brees and Sean Payton and Teddy Bridgewater? There has to be a line somewhere. You have to still go out on the field and perform. Teddy does that. Because I believe in all of the sports, in major sports in America, mm-hmm. the NFL coach and the coaching staff is the most – Result is the most direct correlation to wins of any sport. Maybe an NBA coach can be a big deal, not that much. Major League stars baseball, can control that last. game, right? But there's a reason why Belichick wins every year, and Sean Payton wins every year, and these great coaching staffs can win every year. Sean McVay will find a way to win almost every year. Well, yeah, but when you have a when you have a a Hall of Fame quarterback, it makes it easy. For, for the Saints to win and for the, the Patriots to win. It makes it, it makes it much easier when you have that. Belichick is win, won without Brady. Sean Payton is currently winning without Drew Brees. He's, he's won what without Brady? He won 11 wins without Brady in that one season. Uh-huh. And then what happened? I don't happened? think any other coach. He didn't have to deal with it again. Oh, yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you saying? What I'm saying yeah, is, he is won. That, he's also in the weakest division in football. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So I mean, what you talking about? All right. So you're gonna, so you're down to pay. I'm a little bit angry at you. The I'm fact angry that, at you too. Well, I'm a little angry at you. That this you is the first that, time that we've got angry. Well, you at put each other. that race bullshit on me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that you're racist, you but I mean, say well, you're, well, just say you were well, joking about. No, it. well, no, no, I don't. I don't think that you're racist, but you, you know that. But I think that why would why would we be talking about Teddy taking less? Yeah, to, so like, he can stay in New Orleans with Sean Payton. That that because that means to me that he doesn't have the ability to be successful in any other offense, and that's not true. I'm telling you that I think that if you put Teddy onto most offenses, I don't think they're going to be that. Let me sell. Like let's let's go through the team so we can it won't be, be as good as with Sean Payton. If if Teddy Bridgewater went to another team with a good offensive coordinator and an offensive line, he's going to be good. Okay, okay. But there's let's, a lot let's of use situations. San Francisco. Let's use San Francisco for example. That's the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. Okay. Well, you so said you said that Jimmy one. G's better than him. Yes. And Jimmy G hasn't played better than Teddy. Oh, that's very even. Like I like you have to understand. Like if I'm doing quarterback rankings and you're separated by two people. Mm-hmm. It's negligible. Well, you said he's the best, so he should have higher. He should be better, right? Sure. San Francisco should be better, right? I think that if Teddy was in San and Francisco, it would be pretty similar to what we're seeing right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. It'd be like even. Really? You think it would be that much better? I mean, I think it would be better. I think it would be better. Yeah. Okay. I think it would be better. I think Jimmy G has been average. I mean, I, I, think, he's, I, I think he's been I average. I agree. And I think that— uh, I also think, when I, mean, when I haven't looked at his numbers, but I, I will now, that seven, inter- seven, seven touchdowns and six interceptions, that's below average. When I look at uh, two games in the last—oh, three games in the last seven, 
under hundred and under hundred and eighty yards passing. The highest was one eighty one. Eh, that's average. That's I mean we're talking about an average quarterback Absolutely. with the best offensive coordinator. So we right. have when we're comparing them to Teddy. Teddy has been better. Sure. So, I mean, he should be better based upon your assessment. Sure. Because he has the best offensive coordinator. I don't, look, if if you want to go based on statistics against teams that are not even the same teams that they've faced uh, and not factoring the other things, I get it. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 this has well, clearly struck a chord. Well, the 49ers have faced Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. So, I mean, and Washington, by the way. So, it's I mean, it's funny because well, I was going to get into Aaron Rodgers off of that uh-huh, game, uh-huh. but it kind of got into this really heavy. Yeah. Because um, you got me excited about but that. But I still fucking love you. I love you too, man. Okay, good. But we we have to be able to discuss Absolutely. this type of thing. Of Absolutely. Course. No, now I'm just going to beat the shit out of you in the rest of this Well, show. what happened, you, so you, know, you know what happened before we go there, but what happened was yeah. I'm still, I have some residual anger Tell me. built up in Let's me. Let's get it all out. For the Eagles. Okay. Not not from you, but you from the You know what? Eagles. That's very fair. Residual. Because I almost, I almost bumped into somebody on purpose on the train today. Absolutely. Because of the fucking Eagles. So really, that segment was brought to you by the fucking Eagles. Damn right. Fuck yourselves. What are you doing? Fuck you. What are you doing? All right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that was godlike flow out of Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Yes. Ingber said this before the show. He goes, it's fun to watch Rodgers cook. Mm -hmm. And I would say out of really all the quarterbacks in the NFL, there's a few that if they start fucking going, it's special. Russell Wilson, yep. when he starts dicing you up, it's special. Deshaun Watson, when it's one of those like 45-point uh, Texans game, it's great. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, it's the other team, it looks helpless. He's looking at the sideline. He's winking. He's, he's, he's doing, doing a little double check. Little guns, everything. He does that. That He runs to the end zone and just kind of flips the ball. <laughs> and it was cool because um, this guy, Rob Domofsky of ESPN, interviewed all the Packers that have never played with Aaron Rodgers before. Mm-hmm. And what it was like for them. Because everybody else goes, oh, it's Aaron. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. But the rookies were like, it's like Elton Jenkins. Special. To come into the huddle and see when he's feeling it like that. It was so cool mm-hmm. and all that. And it's it just shows you this Packers team, now 6-1, and one, is scary, bro. Because their defense has moments where they're punching the ball out. And the offense, they didn't have Devontae Adams. Nope. Both of their number two and three wide receivers, Allison and MVS, were banged up. Yep. Jimmy Graham's still playing well. Aaron Jones is actually catching balls. The Packers, it was beautiful, man. Well, I, this is what we've been waiting for all season long, for Aaron Rodgers and that Matt LaFleur offense to kind of get in sync. At, at some point, you had to believe it was going to happen when you have a quarterback that good. And you also have an offense coordinator, head coach, that's saying – I'm going to help you. I'm going to put some pieces around you. I'm going to make this thing winnable so that you don't have to carry the load. And I think finally Aaron Rodgers gave enough of himself to say, okay, cool. I don't have to carry the load, which he's been doing his entire career. Yep. And so he's like, okay, well, I kind of like not having to carry the whole load, and things just got easier for him. He was like the basketball player. They make this this analogy. When you're just shooting and the rim looks like a hula hoop, yes. it's, it's like shooting, catching fish in a barrel. And he is that special arm talent-wise to be able to dice up and dissect any defense in the league. But when he's on 80% completions yesterday, it's just hard to do that. Also, to put it into perspective about this slow start to Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. when you look back and you realize that the first three games of the year were at the Bears when the Bears were healthy and ready to go, Minnesota Vikings – 
Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and we look at those three and go, those are three of the toughest, most physical defenses in the NFL. Right. We go, no crap, they started slow. But that's always been the thing with Green Bay is the fact that they were able to eke out wins in all of those games, and they're not sitting here today at 4-2. and two. They're sitting here at 6-1. and one. It's Even more incredible, no interceptions in those three tough games. Literally no interceptions. Who's that calling, man? Man, I think this is, it's like a... Telemarketer. Yeah. They've been calling all the time. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Left Key. Yeah, and I don't know how to get it off. <laughs> no, they'll keep calling for different numbers. But no, no interceptions in those three games. It was incredible. He has finally figured it out. And I'm, I'm happy for the NFL because now we could just see one of the best arm talent yes. quarterbacks jive with the I'm offensive a, coordinator. I'm sad, though. All right, why? Because this Sunday night could have been special. Because it's Packers at Chiefs, mm-hmm. and we're not going to have Mahomes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was going to be Rodgers at Chiefs. So it would have been the Chiefs, let's say they win still by 20 or 30 right. with Mahomes if he stayed, and then Rodgers having six total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Sunday night would have been really, really special. The lead-up to that would have been special. Oh. All the, ty- the different types of commercials and I talked about this game all offseason. Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah. And the fact that we don't. But I will say this about Aaron Rodgers. His schedule does not get that much easier. He no. does get Washington. Washington and the Giants a little bit later, but it's Chiefs, Chargers, Panthers, Niners, and then Bears, Vikings, Lions. And they'll have to keep winning because I, I think the Vikings are right on their heels. The I Vikings really, really are do. right on their heels. Yep. And then if you're trying to get home field advantage, mm-hmm. the Niners and Seahawks, they're not slowing down. Right. And look, the Panthers are four and two. Yes. And they could come out of nowhere. Yes. Kyle Allen has been playing out of his yeah. mind. Obviously, McCaffrey has helped him out there a bunch. That defense has played well. Like, I would take Teddy Bridgewater over Kyle Allen. You, as you should. Yes, you should. Good job there. All right. So now we're going to try a new game, and we'll see if we can create more <laughs> anger. Uh, this one is called Jinx Game. And I don't know if there's any rules in the, uh, in the disembodied voice. I'll explain it if not. So it's time for our new game, the Jinx Game. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America's favorite game show, Jinx Game. The rules are simple. (laughs) I ask a question and then give a countdown of three, two, one. After I say one, you shout out your answers at the same time. If you both say the same thing, you win one million Reese's Cups. Chocolate and peanut butter, a match made in heaven. All right, then, let's play. That hurts my heart. Question number one. Who is the most frustrating team in the NFL right now? Let's hear those answers in three, two, one. Eagles. Chargers. Mm. You know I had to go on my team. I'm still upset about that. Mm. But I, I agree with the Chargers. So much talent. Hall of Fame quarterback in Rivers. You get Melvin Gordon back, fumbling on the doggone goal line. Yeah. I'm not sure. The, the wide receivers, uh, uh, Mike Williams looks like he's yep. heard all the dog yep. on time. You got another great receiver in Keenan Allen. He's falling, falling off just a bit. I'm not sure what's going on with that football team. And I thought they were a defensive team. I thought they were a nasty, aggressive yeah. defensive team. And, and maybe they're not. I was, I was, I did not have the Chargers making the playoffs. And the main reason was I saw all their offseason injuries. Uh, and it's only gotten worse. Uh, yesterday, they lost Casey Hayward for a little bit, Forrest mm-hmm. Lamp, mm-hmm. an offensive lineman that they needed to come in because of other offensive line injuries, and Thomas Davis. I look at this team, and they had to go through all those weeks of Melvin Gordon holding out, and yeah. then he comes in, and they're force-feeding him carries when he's not even the best running back on his own team. So he, they, he messed up the flow. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler was not only the best running back on that team, 
Austin Eckler was a top five running back this he year. Yep. He was, every time I looked it up, he was breaking 50-yard touchdown mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. Owners of him on fantasy football can attest to this. But also yesterday, they're down, let me check my notes here. They're down at one point twenty-three to 13. They're down 10 points late into the fourth quarter. What happens? Austin Eckler, stutter step on a corner, 41-yard touchdown. Then they get the ball back. Austin Eckler, slant across the middle, 20 yards. Mm -hmm. They think he scores, tackle on the one. And what do we do? We put in Melvin Gordon. Take him out. The only reason you're in the game is because of Austin Eckler. Mm -hmm. Stop force-feeding it. To me, that's like a coach that's like, if we win our game-winning touchdown with Melvin Gordon, we're going to look amazing. He comes back. The family's in here together. Do not test the football gods like that. Just give the ball to Austin Eckler. And then also, they're so talented. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry is healthy. He looks good. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa. But it's been the injuries. It's the the Derwin James as they That's lose, right. and 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 you know they're starting left tackle Russell Okung. But Ingram. to me, the Chargers are the most frustrating team in the NFL. They've been this way for so many years, and I I feel bad for the Chargers fans because I believe it stems from the top. I look at their owner Dean Spanos, uh-huh. and I go, "This is the energy you've created." Doesn't like to spend money. Doesn't spend money is not paying for the new stadium. The public is having to pay for it. Their old stadium was the worst place ever. He never bows down to holdouts, and he never, like, helps out the team. He's moving the franchise. He moved it from San Diego to L.A. None of the fan base has come. For me, they barely have an analytics department. They're always getting hurt. I, uh, It's an owner thing for me. You know, that Eckler thing, it bothers me because— I, I've had it happen to me a bunch. Okay. You, you drive the team all the way down there, and then oh. here comes the big back. Listen, just leave me in the game. You mentioned something to football gods. Listen, when I get us down there, don't take me out. I've had that conversation with Marty Mornowick oh. several times. Like, yo, don't take me out the game. Was it contentious, or did he understand? He understood, but they all the, the numbers The numbers say get the, the guy that's 250 pounds in, get yes. the guy that's 230 in. Not the small guy. What what you don't understand in these situations, myself like Austin Eckler, the small guys, you'll never see him. You can't no. see him. The big guys are not jumping over the top. But you all know if Melvin Gordon's in the game, you're going downhill. That's, the defense knows it too. Austin Eckler, it could be a lot of different things. It could be a toss so to many the different side. Things. It, it could be, be a toss. Throw. It could be a catch. It could be a lot of different things. It could be fake out of the backfield and hit him in the flat. So many different things that defense has to think about. You put the big guys in there, the defense think about one thing. Yes. Stopping the running back right up the middle. It just also seems like a very egotistical thing to go, we're going to be bigger and stronger than you. You know exactly what we're doing. Oh. It's coming right to your face. Let me tell you about and I go, And I go like this. I go, <laughs> if, if there's limited space – Limited space, and I need the best cutter to make that quick decision. I would rather have the smaller, quicker guys. Yeah. Also, as Warren Sharp wrote in his book, the best way to run the ball in the red zone is to spread out teams. Of course. And nobody does it. Put three wide receivers right. out there, make them spread out, because mm-hmm. if you don't defend them, just throw it quickly. Just throw it. And if they do, it's Austin Eckler one-on-one with a linebacker. Nobody does. I'd rather it. have that. You talk about a hard-headed coaches. I, and just a quick Mike Singletary story because I know you yeah, love Yeah, I do. We're, I love those We are we're, we're like in a Saturday night meeting, and Mike gets going. And when we get down there, we're going to ram it down their throat. And so he said, this is what he said. He said, you know what, coach? 
Every time we get inside the five, we're going to run the ball. We're never going to pass it. Every play. And I'm sitting in the back like, this makes no sense. Mm. But he said, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to run it. And that's what we did. We didn't score any touchdowns no. at, all. at all. We're inside the five, 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 six times. Yes. No touchdowns. Because you want to run it? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. This is what the pig-headed coaches. Yes. This is what the Falcons were doing under Sarkeesian. They would get down there, and they'd go heavy set, and they'd run, and nothing would happen. Because unless you're the Colts or the Cowboys or the Saints, and you have one of these lines that can legitimately beat the shit out of people, stop letting people know what you're going to do. Yeah. I will say that it felt like the end of the season for the Chargers yesterday. They're 2-5 and now. Um they are in a division with Patrick Mahomes getting hurt where maybe they could sneak in there. But, and the AFC's weak. What about the Raiders coming back a little bit, too? Yeah, I, I think the maybe. Raiders, I've been very impressed with Gruden yeah. and how they've been able to figure out that Waller and Josh Jacobs are building pieces. And yes. that's awesome. But it also, to me, felt, I kind of feel like the Lions had their season end yesterday. For me, the fact that they're now, um, what are they, like two, three, and one, something like that? The Lions right now are two, three, and one. It was the fact that I'm watching that game. Darius Slay gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, Carry on gets hurt. Yep. Snacks is getting hurt. I'm sitting there going, this team just played on Monday Night Football. Two weeks ago, they're hanging in there with the Chiefs, and they get a few calls that don't go their way. Then they go and they play the Green Bay Packers, and they have that game, and none of the calls go their way. And then they play Minnesota, and they're getting all these injuries, and Minnesota has a few calls that go their way again, and that late deep ball to Stephon Diggs. And now the fucking Packers are 6-1. and The Vikings are 5-2. and Chicago's three and three in a good division, and the Lions are two, three and one. They're better than Chicago. They're, they're probably a better I th- team. I would than bet Chicago. on Detroit long term over yeah. Chicago, but with two really good teams in the West, two good teams in the South, Can't I'm be. looking at the Lions and I'm like, their season it looks so good. Well, the and defense is like playing well. Ended. Matt Stafford was balling early on. Obviously, Marvin Jones got yeah, off four yesterday. Touchdowns. Um, they're in a tough division. They put up 30 points yesterday. That's still impressive, especially for a team that you're saying is more of a defensive team. But, yeah, they're a good team. Wrong division for this season. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Man, I feel bad for that fan base. All right, let's go back to a Jinx game and see. Yeah, if we, we don't, I'm not even going to discuss why I'm pissed off about the Eagles. That's Well, yeah, maybe. Later. Uh, maybe later. Question number two. Who's been the most exciting rookie so far this year? Let's hear your answers in three, two, one. Joey Josh Bosa. Ooh. What are you talking about? Joey Bosa. Well, he's, he's been impressive. He has been very, very Sorry, impressive. Nick Bosa. Fuck. I'm going to say Joey. I'm like, I got Joey's, Joey's. All right, so Josh Jacobs. I just, I love guys. Listen, this team in Oakland still has a bunch of work to do. But I love guys that just come in. You, you haven't heard him say a damn thing. He just goes to work every day. He's a volume back, and they hand him the rock. When he stiff-armed Adrian Amos oh my the first goodness. play of the game. I thought he killed him. Yeah, I thought so, I mean, and, and I know John Gruden just a little bit. I know he loves Josh Jacobs. Just hand the ball to the big back. Let yes. him rumble down the field. Let him wear down a defense and then allow a car just to throw the ball to Waller as much as he wants. But listen, I, I love it. I love the way he plays. He, he makes a lot of good lateral cuts. He has the speed. He has the power to finish at the end of runs. Yes. He's the type of building piece that you want at the running back position. He is a really a coach's dream. 
People are going to sell on the Raiders, and I'm telling you that you should. Are they? Uh, Why? Because, because the NFL is a reaction-based industry, and so the Raiders are going to have let up 42 points to the Packers. Ah, well, the Packers and, are really good. They're but, the, but, probably the best team in the NFL. So this is how the news cycle is going to go. This is my prediction. Today and tomorrow will be spent a lot about Aaron Rodgers and all that. Then, who do the Raiders play next? Let me look really quick. The Oakland Raiders play... Uh, the Houston Texans next. This is perfect. Mm. Watch this news cycle. In Houston, okay. People are going to be telling you Deshaun Watson's going to go off. It's going to be crazy, all that stuff. Because the Raiders have had a really bad pass defense. Yes. Deshaun Watson might put up big numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, though, he doesn't have Will Fuller. And if you look at Deshaun Watson's splits with and without Will Fuller, it's a different type of team okay. because they don't have that vertical stretch, all that. But what I'm saying is if you look at the Raiders – the Raiders go on a 14-play drive in the second quarter. Foster Moreau touchdown. They're up 10-7. to Then the, uh, the Packers are driving. Play at, pass interference in the end zone. The Packers go on an 8-minute, 11-play drive to go up 14-10. to And then here come the Raiders. Yeah. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller go all the way down to the 1. and Carr fumbles out of the end zone. The Packers drive down, make it 21-10. to Packers get the ball to start the second half, drive down, touchdown, 28 to 10. Yeah. Game over. Done. 20 you to think. 10. And so what's interesting to me is the Raiders were doing whatever they wanted against a very good Packers defense. And the fact that it's 20 to 10 and they finished with 24, so they still scored two Scores more touchdowns. Yeah. And a lot of it was Josh Jacobs. They, they, they didn't get a fourth down and one and they were going for it. I still have faith in this Raiders team. I think that the Texans are a very interesting matchup, but people are going to sell the Raiders later in the week. And I'm telling you that you should buy them. Second best team in the AFC West right now. They have to be. I think I would take them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. of course. Definitely. They're the second best team in the AFC West. I think that they're in a building process with this team. They still got a bunch of draft picks. They'll continue to get better. And I, listen, I couldn't have said that early on in the season. In training camp, I would have been like, yeah, this team is going to implode. Yes. They have no chance of being good. But there was something inside of this team. And Abrams actually brought it up. While everyone was saying discounting them and, and kind of yeah. – kicking them to the curb, they were silently building. Yes. Quietly like, yeah, it's us against the world. And and they don't have Abrams and when, do when not, he comes back. Yes, it's and a do, different story. do not forget, they played at Minnesota, at Indy, in London, mm-hmm. at Bay, at Green Bay, at Houston. Tough teams. But also, that's five road games in a row. That's right. That's so, right. like, Wait until this team gets at home mm-hmm. and they, they're actually in their beds yeah. and they're not traveling around with travel medicine and all that crap. Uh, the Tra- rate, yeah. Travel medicine, what's that? I, just, I can't imagine that you're going to get as, as good of care on the road as you would at home. Yeah. Like, you're like. I think you probably should. But you I just mean, like, do. if you're at home for two weeks in a row, you could probably use more of the facilities. Yes. I, I would imagine. Yeah, hot tub, all that yeah, all stuff. The, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. All right. Uh, last one for Travel Jinx medicine. Game. Travel medicine. Oh, wait, hold on. I didn't get to go. I didn't get to go. Sorry. Nick Bosa. Yes. Let, let me talk a little bit about Nick Bosa. He has four sacks this season, second on the team, only behind D Ford, who's a sack specialist with four and a half. Getting after it. Eight tackles for loss, most on the team. Ten Harrys, almost twice as much as the next guy. But the thing also is, I go, I look at Nick Bosa. 
from the flag waving in the Cleveland game. He gets the final sack in the Washington game and slip and slides mm-hmm. across, mm-hmm. and the rest of the team does it. Yep. And that awesome image. Jimmy G is not the leader of this team right now. Nope. Richard Sherman is not the best player on the defense. This team right now is George Kittle on offense, Nick Bosa on defense. But I look at Nick and he really feels like the shit talker in the group. And it's a guy that this defense needed because Buckner has been balling, but he, he, he uh, Buckner retweets people saying he's underrated. He don't say that. Arik Armstead, Solomon Thomas is an incredible guy that has fought for causes and all that. But Nick Bosa is kind of an asshole. No. We all think Nick Bosa is kind of an asshole. He's a jerk, but he has swagger. And but that's what I think this defense that's what needed. You needed. Absolutely. And I think it's given that unit the FU swag mm-hmm. that San Francisco needed. Because the offense, no, nothing about this team, everything is egalitarian. All the running backs touch it, all the receivers get a chance. Everybody wins. The defense, you get a sack, you get a tackle for <laughs> loss, you get an interception. But Nick Bosa is the guy that's like Fuck you, pay me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what the Niners need. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited about him as a rookie because who knows where it's going to go. And I'm not working until you pay me. And and hopefully everybody – because he seems like the type of guy that's going to say, yeah, you paid me. Now I want you to pay my boys too. Yes. That's the type of guy that he seems see like. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you paid me now. Pay these other guys because the only way that I'm the person that I am is because of these guys around me. Oh, pay the cornerbacks too. Pay everybody. Yeah. All that Trump stuff scared me, but he's, he's grown on uh, me. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Get the money. All right. Last one for Jake's game. And finally, question number three. Which NFL team's season will end most excruciatingly? Let's hear your answers in three, two, one. Dallas. Texans. We're both in, we're both in Texas, though. Yes. So I'll, I'll explain first. When I thought about. Dallas. That's, that's strange. Especially after last night. That's strange exactly. to hear you say that. Dude, I zig when others zag. That's my whole thing. Do you thing. think it's going to end in the playoffs, so regular I think, season? I think that typically I'd probably answer Saints just because they've it's they've suffered the most excruciating end the last two years. Mm-hmm. Minnesota miracle. but I've And then also last year, the, the pass interference. But I think, as I've said, they're destined for greatness. If I had to think about the team that would be the most excruciating, like disappointing in the regular season, I would go Chicago. Because if you look at their last four games, it's Dallas at Green Bay, Kansas City at Minnesota. So I think Chicago, it's going to be like, it's going to be really depressing, I think, for Bears fans. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's going to be tough. But then I think about the team that might have the early playoff loss, which is excruciating, the embarrassing wildcard loss. And the first one that came to my mind is Buffalo. Where Buffalo is that team that's like eleven and five, and they're taking on like a nine and seven Houston team, and they put up like six points. They, they can't get it done. Score. Yeah, like yeah. and that's excruciating. Yeah. Where you're like, we're the better team, and then like Josh Allen throws three picks and you somehow score nine points. That's excruciating. But I look at Dallas as I think it's gonna be very excruciating because I find them to be a high low team that sometimes they're fucking great and sometimes they're not. And I think that's going to continue. I don't think that the Eagles game with the Eagles shitty ass secondary, (laughs) 
like is like, oh wow, the Cowboys are back. Right. No, like they put up that stat last night. Amari Cooper destroys the Eagles. As he, as Dak yeah. Prescott destroys the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are not healthy. They're not good. Um, and I think Dallas is going to be that team that gets in the playoffs and they're taking on a let's see who are the options here. They're taking on a Minnesota in Minnesota, or they're taking on like a Carolina. And they go there, and it's kind of a dud. And then what's going to be tough is then they're going to have to figure out the Dak-Amari contracts. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's going to be excruciating. Because Dallas and Chicago, in my mind, are in a very similar thing. Chicago has already paid all of their talent. And if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, their team is going to be destroyed. Because so much is going to Khalil Mack and all those guys. Dallas... If they don't win it all this year and they have to pay Dak and Amari, I don't know what's going to happen to the rest of the team. I just think this is going to end badly for Dallas. I do not see them as a Super Bowl contender. I see them as a really, really good playoff loser. When when healthy, (sighs) I I think they have a good team. They haven't been healthy in a long time, but you have to have one of those days where Dak is just on. We know that if if they get Zeke going. I had Dak, by the way. Where did you think I had Dak ranked as my quarterbacks? You want to guess? 14. I had him at 12. 12. Okay. It's close. And I, you know what? After yesterday, I'd probably have him at 11. A little bit high. Okay. Yeah. I like that. But, but, so I'm a little, I think Dallas's season's going to end really painfully. Dallas, I have a feeling your whole family's going down. Those Doyle rules. <laughs> wow. I said, I said Houston. Couple different yeah, reasons, yeah. but the more I think about it, I think the Rams may be a scary that too. team that that will crash and burn. I could see in that. the first round of the playoffs. Whenever they play, they, they I think San Fran obviously wins the division. I think, yeah. I, 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 so that means it probably is going to be two wild cards coming out of that division. You think? Maybe I don't know. We just talked about the NFC North. Yeah. That's that's the hard part. And, and, the and NFC listen, playoff picture is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. So certainly we could talk about the Rams, but Houston Texans, uh, they have a lot of talent. I mean, I love what the quarterback has done. I love the fact that they got a bunch of receivers on that team that can just go and get it, speed and can go and get it. Right. Hyde has done a decent job running the football. They, they traded every pick that they can imagine for Tunsil, still giving up sacks, by the way. Um, with all that being said, they should have easily, they should have been cruising to win that division. Losing that game yesterday, I'm like, eh, maybe they're not as good. Even though the quarterback put up good numbers, even though the defense, I mean, you know, you got to play much better and yep. you couldn't get to the quarterback. But I, there's something about this football team where you're saying, you know what, Bill O'Brien's going to lose him a football game. You talk about it all the time. You, you hate the coach. He does it all the time. You, you have to believe that at some point, a critical situation, Bill O'Brien's going to mess things up. No matter how much talent's on that football field, he's going to mess it up. And the worst time to mess it up is that last couple weeks of the season where if you win, you're in, and if you don't, you go home. And that's an awful lot of talent to be going home. So right now, if the season started today, the 3-6 matchup in the AFC would be so exciting. Baltimore-Houston. Ooh, I like that. High scoring. I want to say this quickly about my Baltimore Ravens. Because I would say right now— You should be proud of them. My, I would say that I'm claiming the Saints in the NFC and the Ravens in the AFC. But remember, before the year, I said that the Ravens would be the one seed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, they're five and two. Kansas City's five and two as well. And they're going to be missing Mahomes for the next few weeks. Yes. I could see them picking up a loss. The Patriots are six and oh. 
And I would say they've been very vulnerable. They are Their offense has not been great. Also, their schedule has been wildly easy. I am not saying that the Ravens are definitely going to make a run of this one. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Patriots could come back to earth and make it very interesting with the Baltimore Ravens, if the Ravens can keep up this pace. Mm-hmm. How impressed were you with, with Lamar Jackson I, the Ravens yesterday? So, you know, here's the thing. There's just not many times in a football game where you'll say the quarterback is the best athlete. By the way, Patriots play at the Ravens week nine. That's a good. It's going to be a great game. Oh, so good. And, and I would I would lean heavily toward the the Ravens in that one. Just being a wow. There there's not a lot of times when you you can say the quarterback is the best athlete on the field. It's just not. I mean, because the quarterback's usually kind of stiff. You know, you got wide receivers that can do all different types of crazy stuff. But Lamar Jackson continues to show every single game that he's the best athlete on the field. And I just think that you you always wonder, you say, I'll give you an example. Earlier in the year, we're saying, in my mind, we're not getting the best, the most out of Aaron Rodgers. Just not. Right. I mean, just because I don't know that he understands the offense that well, or the, the, just him and LaFord just haven't matched up. But every time I see Lamar Jackson, you're, I'm, I'm saying, we got the best out of Lamar Jackson today. Every single time he plays, you get the best out of him, whether it's 150 yards rushing, whether it's only 100 yards receiving, I mean, passing. You're getting the best you can out of Lamar Jackson. He does things on the field that make people look silly, that, that, that running backs in this league don't, aren't even doing. He's that special. Oh, he had one run yesterday where he ran out left. I wrote it down. Lamar had, so in the fourth quarter, Mark Andrews has a drop. Third and eight, Lamar runs for 40. Mm-hmm. The next play, he runs left. There are three guys. He takes one step to the right, two of them fall, yep. and he goes and picks up yards. And then they go down and get a field goal and make it 23-13. He's just doing things that other people can't do at the position. And I had him a lot higher than Mina in the rankings. I had him, this is before this last game, I had him at ninth really? in the NFL. And because you're moving him up higher. I would say, so I had him behind Breeze, um, Matt Ryan, and we'll see with Matt Ryan's injuries and stuff. Um, what, what do you mean? So you're just ranking? I was just ranking who, who you, how they're playing right now. And Matt, Matt Ryan's putting up a bunch of yards. They're always trailing. He's putting up a bunch of yards because yes. of that. And but he's I, been in domes forever. I, I also game. think that if, if you had to choose a quarterback to go win you one game, you probably would choose Lamar Jackson. Well, that's what I mean. It's but. Look, we're in a weird situation because I have been hyping up Lamar all year. Yeah. And most other shows have been talking about how he can't throw. And so we're in this situation where we've actually been Lamar stands mm-hmm. for much of the season. And the rest of the NFL media is starting to get Catch used up. to it. That's right. And so it's always weird when, like, you love a guy and then other people start loving the guy. And you're like, fuck you. This is my you guy. didn't used to like That's the guy. Right. That's right. And so Lamar, you know, the clips are going out today where John Harbaugh's like, like, do you want to go for it? And he goes, hell yeah, let's yeah. go for it. And everyone's like, I like this Lamar guy. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I said I said yesterday, and people were like, oh, you like his 150 yards and two touchdowns? It's just the fact that if it's third and 15, this happened yesterday, and Lamar steps up in the pocket to run, the opposing fans are going, fuck. Of course. And that's the fear that Lamar is bringing into people. Think about this. Think about this with the Ravens as I'm going to wax more poetic because they're my fucking team. They're 5-2. and two. Lamar 
has not had a great passing week in the last few weeks. Nope. His number one wide receiver has been hurt for the last three weeks. Yep. His number one tight end dropped three balls, including a tight end this past week. His defense has not had Jimmy Smith since the first half of the Miami Dolphins, arguably their best corner. When he gets back after this Marcus Peters trade, they could have three corners that are Jimmy Smith, mm-hmm. Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey, been who's been balling, yep. which means they could now play man-to-man on the Kansas City Chiefs if they had to, and we don't really have a wide-receiving threat for the Patriots. I just I look at this Ravens team, and Lamar is getting more and more comfortable. Every year, when the first-year quarterbacks go to the second year, we see a jump. And I would say so far this year, Josh Allen has made a jump. He's been more accurate on slants. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, we've seen in Dallas, look like he made a jump. Much better, yeah. Baker Mayfield, oddly enough, took that step back. But Lamar has taken a leap. Yep. And there are times where in the offseason we do, whoa, big offseason, and and we kind of you know react. But Lamar was the whoa, big offseason, all offseason. We can't believe how much more accurate it is. We can't believe how much better he's throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And people spent all offseason going, this is bullshit. And it hasn't been. And he came out and he threw the ball well oh. early on. And these last few weeks, he's been running the ball a lot more, a lot more opportunities. The one position you can never account for, that's why Vic has had so much success. You can never account for the quarterback running the football. And you just can't. Your defenses aren't built that way, and you have a week to prepare for this guy, and you get out there, and you just can never account for him running the football. And then when he gets in space, he's just better than everybody else. That's huge. I want to, I want to mention one thing, though. I know Seattle lost his football game. Yes. It was a close game. I still have a bunch of confidence in the Seahawks. I do, too. Obviously, they gave up two touchdowns on the offensive side of the ball, the interception and a, and a fumble recovery there for a touchdown yeah. with Humphreys. They lose about 14 points. I, I still think the, the Ravens, I'm assuming the, the, the Seahawks, are going to be a tough out for any team that has to go to Seattle and win, even, even though the, the Ravens put up a bunch. Listen, it's hard to play against this type. It's kind of like, you know those teams that, you know when the big schools goes and plays at Army and Navy, yes. and they run the wing tee and the the the, yep. the the wishbone. It's hard to prepare for that. You, you can never prepare for the speed. You can have as many running quarterbacks as you want running around practice. You can't compare no. the type of speed and prepare for the type of speed that Lamar Jackson has. It's it's amazing. One hundred sixteen rushing yards against Seattle. Mm-hmm. One hundred and fifty two against Cincinnati. 70 against Pittsburgh, yep. 66 against Cleveland, 46 in a touchdown against Kansas City, 120 against Arizona. Lamar right now is on pace to have a higher, I think Peter King put it out He today. beats. He, he has more rushing yards than, I think, Zeke, doesn't he? Something crazy like he that. he has more rushing yards than Alvin Kamara yeah. and a better completion percentage than, like, Patrick Mahomes. The, the concern will always be with running quarterbacks. What if he does just take that one hit? He's really That's good at avoiding it, though. He's, he's, been really, he's been great at it. That's why I say he's the best athlete on the field. I'll tell you this. Sometimes the best athlete finds that one person that's oh. just as good as him. That's the part that I'm concerned about. And it has to be one of John Harbaugh's concerns. What happens when you find that one person that gets you just enough to, to ding you a little bit, and now you're not running as fast as you're well, used to? I'll say this. Ravens have a bye, and their first week after the bye, I already told you, New England Patriots. We're going to see. The reason I'm so excited about that is Belichick, as as I've said before, gives the blueprint. 
But the one thing that Belichick has an issue with is mobile quarterbacks. November 3rd, my pop's birthday. We're going to learn a lot about Your the pop, my, my mom's birthday is November 2nd. Wow. Yeah. Look at it's your dad's birthday. Uh, August 5th. My, mom, He's a Leo. my mom's birthday is May 5th. Really? Uh, that's not a that, correlation. Not even, What's know. your birthday? September 2nd. What about oh, yours? Happy birthday. Thank you. May 8th. Did we become best friends just now? What do those two things I, have to do? They have nothing. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. No. Are we okay from earlier? We, I thought we, we were, were we, okay. Were we bad? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't know we were bad. Uh, only other things. You were was, mad at me. I wasn't mad at you. Yeah, but I'm over it. Yeah. I, I don't really give a shit. I wanted to yell at you. I've just been looking for the right opportunity. One other note that I want to get in there. Is Cordaro Patterson on pace to be the best kick returner of all time? He has eight <sighs> kick return touchdowns. Yeah. The all-time lead has to be nine. Devin Hester, right? Kick return touchdown. Has to be Devin Hester is the best kick returner of in, in so NFL history. of all time in terms of kick return touchdowns. Josh Cribbs and Leon Washington have eight. Cordaro Patterson has seven, and then Dante Hall had six, and Devin Hester had five. But Devin was kick and punt. Yeah. Cordaro has done this in six years. Leon did it in eight. Josh Cribbs did it in nine. So, I, but Cordero has that straight ahead speed. He's yeah. never been that good of a punt returner, but kick returner, he can get that full speed and, and find a seat. It's weird because they're trying to just basically trying to get the kick return out of the game and he's still finding ways to do it. He's amazing. But no, but he's fast. Oh. And sometimes speed is just better and than anything I've else. I've met him now a few times and I beat him in Madden. Uh, which was like a highlight of my life. Nice little brag but there. he's one of the few NFL players that he walks in, and they're bigger than you think he's going to be. He's big. I mean, and he runs straight up, too. So you can... He's like a solid 6'3", 6'4", 230. That's strange, though, he's because... He's a monster. A lot, of, a lot of return guys are smaller guys. He's like your went-to-Tennessee uh, physical freak out of high school. We mm-hmm. don't know exactly what he is, so we're going to call him an athlete. Right. And he's just... Okay, we're going to use him at kick returns. It's incredible the amount of talented players Tennessee has wasted. Alvin Kamara, Cordero Patterson. Um, We've already gone very long. I want to talk about the Eagles very quickly because they're disgusting and they're not really worth our time. I did say that they would go into the bye at three and six. Okay? Damn. Remember that I said that before? I I don't remember three and six. I mean, that's... Because I thought that it was this was when they started off like one and two or whatever it is, and then I thought Sheesh. they'd uh, get a win over Chicago. I still think they can maybe beat Chicago. I think they will, but I don't think that they're going into Buffalo and winning that game. That'd be a tough game. But I also think that the Eagles are going to win their last um, five games of the so, year. So they got the Bills, Bears, then a bye, then they have Patriots, Seahawks, then then they'll beat up. And then the I think they're going to win those last five: yeah. Dolphins, Giants, Washington, Dallas, Giants, yeah. and then they win all those. So they end up ten and six. You got them? No. So I think if they can beat nine Chicago and, and go in the, to the break with four wins, they can go to nine and seven. But they're not making the playoffs with nine and seven. No, not with this. NFC. Dallas, Dallas will still win. So and 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 they won't make. Well, here's the deal about the Eagles: in all off season long. People have said the deepest roster in football. Oh, it's great. And 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 you go into the doghorn season, you bring back Jason Peters. You bring back Deshaun Jackson. You bring back Darren Sproles. You're doing things that the Patriots, the best team of the last two decades, would never do. Once you reach that point, you're out. 
and I'm sorry I got to cut you. We love you. We appreciate what you did. Here's your ring. Here's your pat on the back, and you're out. We got to move on to younger and better players. The Eagles, oh, we feel bad. Let's, let's, you know, well, let's keep these guys here. Let's keep these guys here. They're part of our winning culture. Well, guess what comes out today? Oh, last week. The culture in the locker room ain't, isn't that strong anymore. With all these veterans, we got someone snitching to the doggone press, talking about the, the quarterback's not checking down. The coach isn't getting it done. Upset that, that they didn't trade ups, for Upset Ramsey. for Jalen Ramsey, which I, I think is valid. Everybody in the locker room should be upset based on what their secondary has done. Offensively, you have no rhythm. Frank Reich's gone. Can't score in the doggone first quarter anymore. Defensively, not only did you not go get Jalen Ramsey, you didn't get Marcus Peters. Your secondary has been trash the entire doggone season. Jalen Mills played pretty well yesterday. He got beat again yesterday I in know, the first game back. Rasul Douglas is not a cornerback. He's a safety. I agree. He continues to put him out there playing cornerback. They, they get beat in every aspect of the game. Last time they played the Dallas, as a matter of fact, the last three times they played Dallas, Zeke Elliott had over 100 yards rushing. Guess what he did again last night? Over 100 yards rushing. And what does that offense, that offense do now? They throw the ball over the top. We can't figure it out. We can't win the big game. To me, this team is in a downward spiral with a bunch of old players. And now you pay your quarterback like he's a franchise guy. And I like Carson Wentz. I think he's okay. He hasn't been special. He certainly hasn't been the elevator that you're saying, hey, we're going to put some average guys around him and he's going to make these guys better. He hasn't made anybody better. He's been okay at the best. Now, he has a bunch of guys around him that that are just okay guys. But he has his job as the Offensive MVP of this football team is to make these guys better. He hasn't. To all the fans that are not Eagles fans, this whole snitching thing is taking over Philadelphia right now. And they're mad about it. So Josina Anderson had a story where she said one of the players was complaining about the quarterback not checking down and then in a separate tweet about uh, not trading for Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. uh, A media person in Philadelphia, Howard Eskin, that's been a big name in that city for a very long time, and I never know if players like him or don't, pretty much said Josina Anderson's source was Alshon Jeffrey. And Alshon last week came out and said after they Accused him. Yes. No, it was not me. Nelson Aguilar said it wasn't me. I wouldn't do that. And so there's a like, team. There's like this niche gate thing right now in yeah. Philly, which is like that's when you know it's bad when no one's focusing on the fact that it, they're not winning. They're focusing on who's, who's the snitching. angriest and they're not winning. I mean, that can't be good for a locker room when that's even a topic of conversation. No, it's terrible for a locker room because the locker room is about us together. Us 53 guys or 47 guys, whatever it is, us together versus the world. The, the Eagles actually made it. They won a Super Bowl based on that. The underdog and it's us against the world and we don't need all we got is us. They, what, what are you doing? When you lose by 27 points on Sunday night. On national TV. My, my question. In the, in, the, in the most important game of your season, quite honestly. When you lose by that amount on national television, what the fuck is going to be in that? like facility this week like are they going to come back like a hundred miles an hour ready to like go to buffalo and shock the world or is it going to be a little bit of licking your wounds like is there going to be a players only meeting how does a team when you get embarrassed like this how do you bounce back well well listen again this is what would you do if you were a team leader this is an important point though this is the most important game of your season you know there's going to be a two-game race in the nfc east between yourself and dallas right and you also know that the loser of that two, the, the third. Well, I think Doug woke up the Cowboys. Well, I think when, when, when Doug right. said we're going to win the game, 
Dallas Cowboys injury report went from, we don't know if either tackle is going to play any of these wide receivers, and then all of a sudden they all fucking played. Well, That's yeah. what I think Doug's comments The, the Cowboys also had just lost three games in a row, and I'm saying to myself, well, you know what? We want to go beat a team that hasn't won in the last three weeks. We can do that. Is what I'm saying Oof. to my football team, and so yeah, I, I don't, I didn't actually have a problem with Doug's comments. No, no. I, that that was, that was meaningless to me. Here's the deal: I, I just think that for a football team that has been through so many wars with these same guys, for them to have to be dealing with this, to be dealing with inside the room snitches and 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 all those different types of things, there's a lack of culture. There's a lack of character on the football team. And that's going to be an issue for a long time because you you have the leaders in there. You have Peters there. You, that's why you bring back Sproles. That's why you bring back Malcolm Jenkins who got ran over the, uh, last night. You bring back all these guys. So you, these issues you don't have to worry about. I just had a rev-a-fucking-lation. Uh-oh. I'm scared. I'm scared and of your we're going to end the show right on this. Good. Let's do it. So the Eagles have lost four games. The only one they lost at home was the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And if you remember right, Detroit had a kick return for a touchdown that game. They did. The Eagles dropped about 10 passes and all that stuff. Yep. The other three losses, do you know what they all had in common? What's that? They were in a dome on turf. Okay. They allowed 24 points to the Falcons. Yep. They allowed 38 points to the Vikings. They allowed 37 points to the Cowboys. The Eagles, they got destroyed last season in the Superdome to the Saints. Certain teams are built for certain types of playing surfaces. What the Patriots had done for years is they get big physical teams that when you go to Foxborough and you play them in grass, they wear you down. But when the Patriots go to the Saints, it gets kind of scary. When they go to the Lions last year, they lose. Mm -hmm. The Eagles... Are three and one on grass. They're zero and three on turf. Where do they win their away game? Lambeau Field. The rest of the season, they do not play a game in a dome or on turf. And I'm telling you, they're going to play better. The problem is, is when you look at the playoff picture right now, the Saints play in a dome, the Vikings play in a dome, like. It's a little bit tricky, but I believe that part of the issue for the Eagles, and tell me if I'm crazy, is this is a big team that likes to play on grass and they like to be physical. And when they play speed teams on turf, they look fucking slow and dumb. I, I haven't seen a physical Eagles team. I, I, I haven't thought they seen were that. physical in the Packers game. I thought they that was one shit game. out of the Jets. That was one game. Yeah, of course. That, that was literally the that's one. My new, that's my yeah. new, that's how I'm justifying I think you spun brain. it really, really well. I think Thank they, they look... They look soft in the, all their games except for the Packers game. And I think they got beat up in the trenches, offensive and defensive line in all games wow. except for the Packers. You know what? Eagles might go in. They might beat the Bills and the Bears. And I hope, I hope that they can hear this and that they say, you know what? Screw him. We're going to prove him wrong. I, I really, really do. But they look soft. They look like a team that's not hungry. They look like a team that has no fire underneath their, in their belly. And they got a, they're the second oldest team in the league. So you got a bunch of veterans on your football team, and you should never go into a Sunday night game and get blown out by 27, period. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and lastly, Doug Peterson, I, I just want to mention this. You're down by 27. You got two, three minutes left in the game, and you're starting to run draws. You know what, what you should try to do? How about you try to get your offense on track against the third-string scrubs that the Dallas Cowboys out there putting out there? How about you try to get your offense on track next week and stop running draws? How about you don't give up on your team? How about you do that? Because I'll tell you what, what Bill Belichick would have done, he would have been bombing bombs away 
He wouldn't have been like, oh, we give up. We're just going to go into the locker room and lick our wounds. He ain't saying that. He's saying, you know what? We're going to continue to fight. We're calling timeout, even though we don't have a chance of getting the ball back. We're going to continue to fight until the whistle, until the clock says zero. Mm. How about that? How about that? That's a ending. That was the right ending. You got me hyped, man. Good show today. Pissed me off today. Yeah, that's good content. All right. As long as afterwards we can kick it and talk about daddy cigars gonna, we're always gonna tequila, kick it. we're good. Yeah. All right, good. I don't like tequila, though. Oh. Oh, sorry. Not best. On the L-E-F-K-O-E man for Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. We will holla, holla, holla at you later. Be well, everybody.